Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris and welcome to 2023 for another fun-filled year of Beatles podcasts and we thought we'd start out the year with something we haven't done in a while actually. We've uh, we haven't done a good old-fashioned famous hit of so of the Beatles in yeah. our songs on the microscope for a while. We've done a lot of solo songs recently or kind of lesser known tracks but it's been a while since we've done a, an old chestnut and we thought we'd start the year off with please please me appearing down the microscope i see a harmonica oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and oh the harmonica yes it, it fell out of your coat i guess yep. <laughs> and yes we're we're going back in the lab as usual to dissect the beatles second single and their first well, it's we'll get to it. It's kind of kind of controversial. Of it was a number one hit, but why wasn't it on one? Well, we'll tell you later. Uh, but it yeah. was their first British number one hit, and also the title song of their first album. So, pretty important song. And uh, you know, before we get into the the guts of the song, it's when I hear it and listening to it a bunch of times this week. This is for me like the perfect beatlemania sound it's you know for for us in the US we think of she loves you or well probably i want to hold your hand more as kind of the archetypal song but for me please please me just it's got all the elements of beatlemania so what was your yeah. what's your take on that yeah and and particularly like uh all the little things you think about the vocal harmonies the yep. the chord changes the especially the flourishing chord changes at the end that sort of like make you think about the Beatles sound and everything yeah. and the length of it being short, a little two minute or, but yeah, I really never got, I never got sick of listening to the Beatles version of this. All no, week. no, no, no. The other, some <laughs> some other, the other versions. versions, one cover version is a, a crime against humanity. We'll bring that one up. But, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I totally agree. One thing I, I just, this is a, a kind of overview thing about it too, just thinking about a big picture. They played this 109 times live. Whoa. And which is their 19th most played song. Okay. That's the 19th most played song? Yeah. Wow. This is according to setlist.fm statistics, which is a great website if you go. And they usually have every concert ever played, even yesterday. Yeah. And and uh, exactly what was played at those concerts. Well, uh, uh, but thinking about them playing it live, the first time they played this was in a public hall, Preston, on October 26th, 1962. And the last time they played it was February 12th, 1964, in Carnegie Hall. So wow. that just tells you the, <laughs> just, I think that's a snapshot of how quickly. From October 26th of two years ago to February 12th of this year, how quickly they became a huge sensation that they're playing Car they're playing a pub house and then they're playing Carnegie Hall at the end of the run. So and the fact that they had so many other new songs to substitute this one out by yes. that point, they could this one would be cycled out. Yeah. So it's really impressive. And so a lot of people know the story behind the song, which is that John came in. It was actually supposed to be, well, it was recorded first and, and rehearsed on September 11th, 1962. But it came in as a slow, bluesy song that George Martin yeah. 
didn't like very much he said it was dreary so uh, and it was supposedly influenced according to john by roy orbison's only the lonely and bing crosby's please with the double meaning of (laughs) please and uh, hear my please and uh i've wondered you know there aren't i don't know of any recordings i don't of the slow version that exists i wish there were because what do you think about this song as a slow burner Mm. As a slow song, I don't think it would work at all. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, not, don't quite get why they would do that. I, I also, uh, the of course, the story like, oh, the, he, you know, George wanted him to record. Yeah, how do you and, do and, it? And they're like, no, we can't mm-hmm. sing that back home. We'll get beat up. <laughs> so, and they're like, we'll, we'll play one of our songs. How about this one? And then they're like, all right, well, you got to do it peppy. Yep. All right, fine. And it turned out to be a good decision. Speed <laughs> yeah. things up. Yeah. Uh, What's something that also gets forgotten in the Beatles lore and Beatle myths is that a lot of people think that Please Please Me, the album was just the whole thing was recorded in one day. And that's not true because then they came back. There were a few songs that were recorded before that famous day where they'd recorded the 10 hour, 12 hour session. Uh, And this was one of them. So it actually was from November 26th, 1962, which is when they, as you said, George Martin said, speed this up. And then he said the famous line, oh, gentlemen, I think you've got your first number one yeah. at the end of that session. So uh, it, it then did come out uh, as a single. It was released in January of 63 and hit number one on two charts. It came in number two on the record retailer, which was later became the UK singles charts. And so that's why it didn't get onto the one collection. So, uh-huh. yeah, so it, it yeah. only hit number two, but for all intents and purposes, it was their first number one. And George Martin was right. So, yeah, absolutely. Put them on the map, you know, started the whole sensation over in Great Britain. Yep. And, you know, we know what happened after that. Yes, definitely. So what's the instrumentation on this? I think it's the first question. All and right. Well, you will about the music. Yes. You alluded to it when, when you're rummaging around the lab. Something mm-hmm. that really stands out is the overdubbed harmonica that John was playing. Uh, but the rest of it is the usual lineup with John and George on guitars and Paul on bass and Ringo on drums. And Paul, it, it sounds very presently mostly Paul on the backup vocal. Yes. But, but George is there too. But you can definitely hear if you isolate it, you can hear George in, in little spots. Um, and very interesting the vocal harmony being one note kind yes. of <laughs> yes uh, over a... i'm gonna nerd out a little bit if that's okay here Please. So that that is one of the big features now mccartney i think claimed that it was or or lennon claimed it came from kathy's clown by the everly brothers which has some of that i just listened to that and i didn't hear it quite the same way here we come yeah these clowns clown. yeah exactly but this is a little different where you like you said you've got paul last night i said these words to my girl yep. and then you've got john doing the actual melody and in music theory we call that oblique motion where oh. one voice stays steady and one voice moves and it's a common technique uh in writing for different voices for soprano, so four-part writing or SATB, soprano, alto, tenor, bass. And it, it 
creates some tension because you've got this one voice that's not going anywhere and you're wondering why what's happening so there's some great oblique motion there and it really stands out and then also you mentioned uh, if i can i'll continue to nerd out sorry please uh, no yeah. it, it, never apologize for nerding out on this stuff yeah this is a <laughs> great music song. theory wise because i there think i think our listeners are, are appreciate it. there you go yep this is a song that has a, a technique in it that i teach when i teach undergraduate music theory called modal mixture i think i've mentioned it before but it's where the chords don't quite fit within the key the way they normally would so the neatest part where you can hear this is in the last night I said these words to my girl. Da 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 dum. Those chords. Da 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 dum. If you were, it's in the key of E major, but so usually you'd have a G sharp, but the Beatles play a G major chord, a G natural chord. So that's a flat three or a natural three. And it makes a G A B E progression, which is kind of throwing things around and then at the end please please me oh yeah my god please you they bring in it would call a flat six a c major instead of a c sharp major or minor chord so they're playing around with different uh modes between major and minor chords and do you think really that comes out. from not knowing what the hell they're doing a little bit? Like just being uh, yeah. like kids and you know, oh, this one sounds good. I think it does. I think it it probably <laughs> does. <laughs> if they all had like music theory training, they would have maybe never created the right sounding song. It's possible they're trying they to do said, it correctly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what if George Martin was in there and saying, oh, guys, guys, you should try it as a G major chord or a C major chord or, you yeah. know, how it was written. But uh, it, it really stands out. And it's some of those neat early Beatles songs that have the have a lot of modal mixture that are good to teach in a theory class. They're fun to talk about. So those are two things that really stand out to yeah. me. And of course, the harmonica stands out. I mean, there's yes. lots of harmonica on these early <laughs> Beatles tunes. Yep, you know, and then it just disappears and never heard from again. This is probably the best of the harmonica, so you know. Yeah, there's you know, a there's, few of those. Yeah, there's lots of them. Aren't great, but, but yeah, I think this is the the highlight of the. Let me do obviously, but but yeah, I well, I, th I rank this song way higher than Let Me oh, Do personally. Totally. So yeah. I really like the use of the harmonica here, and I don't think it's too overbearing. No, not at all, and it you have the form is a really classic standard beetle form they love the aaba form basically two verses a bridge and then a last verse and then you've got the choruses and stuff in there too yeah uh, but the break i think is what really gets it for me don't do 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 before oh, that yeah. part that's yeah really like gets you catches your ear yeah for sure now lyrics wise dave yes is this a doomed relationship we're it's, talking about it, here i think so i think yeah. in this one's over within the month <laughs> because he's saying i'm giving to you i'm not getting basically yeah. <laughs> and he's like hey, but is his like i please you like obtuse like yeah. if she's really that pleased she might be she might be just pleasing back naturally but uh i <laughs> maybe she's not that pleased guys uh, maybe not it it is kind of a 
it's a very peppy musically but it's not a positive song necessarily music yeah. lyrically yeah it's a it's definitely a, a skating on thin ice relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so and is, is there I, any I, clever I like, clever wordplay and stuff well, the, or? well i just think it's very clever like last night i said that so it's like he's thinking about what he it's like he's thinking over something that happened yesterday which is mm-hmm. like just an interesting thing to do in a song. Yeah. Usually either talking immediately that, but he's like, he's like, he's telling his buddy, man, I, I really screwed up. I said, <laughs> you never please me to my girl last night. Right. I'm in big trouble now. It's probably over. Yeah. So <laughs> what do you think of the, the bridge lines? I don't want to sound complaining, but you know, there's always rain in my heart. Uh, I like it. I it's little. It's uh uh. What's funny is one of these cover versions, which I'll point out, with a fancier singer, it just doesn't work. Oh and really? That really sounds clunky. <laughs> but sound complaining. I don't want to sound complaining. <laughs> like no, it does not sound right, dude. No. But but here it sounds just natural. I think. <laughs> so yeah yeah it's not the most genius lyrics in the in, no. in catalog or anything like that you know no but, but I, now I, in preparation for today i listened to the mono and the stereo mix and oh, the yes. stereo mix we got to talk about that stereo mix the ending Woo. oh well we've got a couple things in the stereo mix okay yes so first thing at the minute 27 mark and this is the last night I said these worlds to mine girl come the comes third back. Verse. Yeah. And then it's supposed to be, I know you never even try. And John <laughs> in the stereo mix only sings, Why do I you never even try, girl? <laughs> so he, he makes a mistake. So then he he in his come on, you can definitely hear his first come on sounds weird because yeah. he's laughing. So yep. like, come on. <laughs> so yeah, so that's a weird one. But at the 145 market, everything goes totally crazy. Chaotic at the end. Very the badly, badly, badly Terrible. mixed, badly done. So Ooh, it sounds like the like suddenly the reverb goes up to a hundred and just I don't know what's yeah. going on. It's busy. It's, I think it's just out of phase. It's yeah. like they, they yeah. got the tape somehow they rolled the tape wrong. Or, or something so very very strange um yeah. also somebody was saying on, on the c now i didn't listen to i rarely listen to these on cd but on the original cd version there's also a clip sample uh, like a mastering error in producing the so when it, they go i do all the pleasing there's a like a loud click there oh so hmm. that's a even worse so if you're listening to the stereo please please me from cd i'll check that out uh it's not it's that's why we're always saying like man i'd i really want that mono back in in uh to where i can go buy it in the stores right because if you do see a please please me in the stores it's always a stereo one on vinyl at least and i'm like nope not buying (laughs) not buying this piece of crap (laughs) so no, well, hopefully there'll be a Giles Martin fix them up. For yeah, this, for this yeah, one, so. yeah. Because as we've mentioned many times, the Beatles didn't really 
put much effort well we should say the beatles didn't put any effort it was george martin and the engineers trying to throw together a stereo mix for the, the yeah. market so it clearly suffered or they just let things go another interesting just t- side note here uh, too is the the this in america you want please please me you gotta wait to the seventh u.s album the early beatles which right. was released in 1965 so seven albums wow. were released in two in two years so yeah. you, you were able to go buy a bunch of beatles uh back then but uh yeah the early beatles so <laughs> which we haven't talked about maybe we'll do that one of these yeah. days uh, on our uh, u.s albums thing so the last thing i wanted that's interesting because the last thing i wanted to mention about the song itself is how do you think its placement is on please please me the as a as the, the original album because it's at the end of side one i believe and then love me do starts side two so how does it is that a good is it a good ending of a side oh yeah i think it's a great ending of a side and the ending of a you know we were talking about maybe doing we did uh an episode called hot starts and we were <laughs> thinking about doing one maybe later in the year if we get around to it called cool ends <laughs> yeah uh, but I think it's good ending and it's good, you know, way to end a side. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other thing. So back to the live. So we do we do get this again on Anthology One, and which I think is a live version of it, and which might be the Ed Sullivan version, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm if I'm correct. And then also it's on live on BBC on air volume two. Now those versions and any YouTube Beatles playing this version seems to be even faster yes and pitched a little higher i'm not sure even sure if they played it in a different key live than they did on the record but it always seems pitched higher and faster and more energetic even than the the recorded version and that uh i, I listened to the bbc one it's real tinny sound not not, not yeah. good sound quality and it's kind <laughs> of not a great performance but it is yeah. faster it does seem like That's probably why more. it was on on air volume two. Yeah, probably it wasn't the A material, but it, but it's cool to have it. And maybe the live ones were fast because they've played everything fast because they were hyped by the crowd and had had to get through everything. But it it does sound different. So uh, I did. Yeah, I played it a lot of different ways. Okay. All right. Well, well are we ready for Chris's patented cover version assortment? Yes. Now there's this has been covered a lot of times, a lot of times. So um, one of the more interesting ones is a very early one from the Typhoons Who? in 1963, um, which is a decent version. And what's interesting is instead of a harmonica, they use a harmonium. Oh. Oh. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good sound um the bell boys 1963 <laughs> great... pretty lame <laughs> sounds a like a weak name. version <laughs> <laughs> also in 1963 this is the only one i'm going to mention that is a f- foreign language one in french from patulia clark she did a french well, one she did a french version of it so hmm. check that one out um i don't have the name of it in front of me hmm. um so all those in 1963 all those the same arrangement uh 1964 chipmunks oh yeah of course uh pretty great pretty everybody loves the chipmunks (laughs) um then 1964 
Keely Smith did this. This is the first one that is a different uh, arrangement. It's, it's a real swanky kind of jazz big band version. Mm. And you're like, oh, well, let me listen to that one. Nah, it's still no good. <laughs> is it just like the same old, same old? or? Yeah, it's just, I don't know why. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mary Wells did a version of this. Oh. Very corny arrangement <laughs> where it's like, come on. Wah, wah. <laughs> with the horns you know <laughs> one of those yeah so, oh um so far i'm not hearing a whole lot to listen for no. is patula clark's french version kind of nice uh yes okay. that's the best of the bunch so best far. so far typhoons and patula clark check out the rest okay. of these i'm mentioning um maybe maybe hold off on yeah um the score weird 1966 release uh it's like a a it it's really interesting because it sounds like a later it almost sounds like that's because it was late in 1966 so it was almost like they were trying to cover it as if the beatles had played it on their latest album the like tomorrow Uh never knows style like contemporary so it's got a little heavy guitar and Uh but the vocals ruin it because come on like very oversung vocals so very very crazy um (laughs) now dave's got a i see on your wall there you've got a a david cassidy poster yeah oh one of my favorites yeah absolutely yeah and partridge (laughs) family i loved it yeah so david cassidy 1974 the height of david cassidy hype and Mm. fame uh did a version of it terrible (laughs) um the limit there's a lot of covers hard rock uh the come ons are really funny on that version so because they're like trying to be hard rock about it come on dave 1980 so 1980s tech wizardry uh computer computer time this was the one i played dave uh, so he could give a listen to it's this group barnes and barnes it's like electronic synth crud Ugh. Um, some of the background sounds sound like poop sounds, and just, <laughs> and, and just a stupid vocal performance. <laughs> um, it, I hate everything about it. It maybe I couldn't listen to the full thing last night. I was trying to listen to it a second time. I'm like, I can't, I can't make it through. It's just it sounds like a novelty song where they're just try, almost trying to make fun of the song. Because it's not cool anymore, or something like that. So shame on you, Barnes and Barnes, if you're listening to this. It was probably one of the worst we've ever done, we've ever heard. I, it is, yeah, it is got to be. We, you know, we, I think we did a Be- worst Beatles covers, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, episode. This should have been leading it off, and <laughs> just real, real bad. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Mm. Uh, oh, a couple I missed that were instrumental only versions oh. link ray 1965 yes, link, ray, link ray of course from rumble fame yep uh rumble so great <laughs> um yeah and that's a good version and then the london jazz four the weird because it's got vibes oh and i don't think it works i don't like the vibes on it <laughs> um yeah so that's uh that's up to that's up to there's a few more here the punkles yeah, how do you guess what that things? one sounds like dave <laughs> 1998 yeah the punkles the pungles punk holes punk holes oh so it's kind of grungy or 
It sounds like punk. Sounds like punk. Oh, gee. <laughs> okay, that's really clever. Yeah. Real paint by numbers punk yeah. <laughs> take on it. Real terrible. Yeah. Henning Sturk. S-T-A-E-R-K. You know when the A and the E go together? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's an umlaut, a stark. Stark. So mm-hmm. Henning Stark. <laughs> a country version of it, and it's not bad. So that oh. one's really... Look that one up if you can type it into the computer. <laughs> um, okay, this is with Matt Dusk. This is the one I was talking about where uh, this guy's like kind of a cross between Michael Bublé and Chris Isaac. Um, oh, okay, so sort of loungy. Yes, sort uh, of lounge. Uh, and and he's trying to make this, he's trying to take please, please be and turn it like sexy. Yeah, sultry. Yeah, and it does not work. It, it does a very, and especially when he says sound complaining, it just yeah. really hits the ear. Um, and then I don't usually mention any of the myriad of Beatles covers bands, but one that I found particularly odious <laughs> was Ringo Ska. <laughs> Ringo Ska. That's right. Pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. So a couple, (laughs) two more, Dave. Okay. The Thurston Lava Tube. What is with that name? I don't know, (laughs) but it's a very pleasant guitar cover. So I like that one. And then Dave, the winner of them all, 2012, David Lanz, L-A-N-Z, a very beautiful solo piano cover, totally different arrangement, very much worth a listen. So I'd say Hmm. David Lanz wins. And then uh, the the other ones to maybe check out are Petulia Clark and the Typhoons. Okay, and, and then a whole bunch to avoid. Yeah, and if you and and, and maybe Henning Stark. Yeah, Stark. 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 <laughs> yeah, you're much better at that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I'm curious. Did any of the covers take the original conception of "Please Please Me" and try to do it slow and bluesy? Not no. really. That I heard. Maybe the country version is the closest to that okay um but um otherwise i just feel like you know the always head scratching to me is like i'm gonna take this famous number one song and i'm gonna play it exactly like yeah they played it i'm gonna put none of my personality in it into it the (laughs) same key same licks same everything yeah real real sort of dreadful some of the sometimes the singer is good like mary wells is good but the arranger <laughs> why why they're why they're doing this uh corny arrangement i want it. to hear that come on wow 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 <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> i gotta listen to that one <laughs> yeah it's it's bad so yeah so lots and lots and lots of bad versions of it but I guess the best versions of it is the Beatles. As always. Once again, as yep. always. Oh, yeah. That's one more. One last one I forgot. Blondie 2011. No way. Version of it. Yeah. Oh. And it's no good either. No good either. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. So. Well, as always, the uh, go back <laughs> to the original because it's, it's the best. And yeah. this is, it just really... I don't know, puts you in a good mood, even though despite the lyrics. And it's just got the like all like you said at the beginning of the episode, it's got all the the formula for what's coming is all there. The great vocals, the energy, the guitar, the the creative songwriting skills, it's all in it. Yeah, and it, it just, you know, it's essential Beatles. You gotta have it, you gotta yep. listen to it. And I love it. I've always loved it since I was a kid. Yeah. And you know, 
I think a lot of why there's so many cover versions of it is because people loved it. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, hey, this is a, this this song makes me feel good. I'll do a version of it. You know, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't think it's uh like a test of time, you know, like Beatles songs ranking not going to be way up there as far as like if people are going to really want to do a song because it does sound you know it's early Beatles it's old-fashioned sounding sounds more it sounds more like 60s pop music than it sounds like I'm the walrus or something like that you know so uh, yeah so um is it as cool you know maybe not but love it yes absolutely So let us know what you think. Uh, we're excited to be back and have a whole, we planned out a whole year's worth of episodes yesterday, uh, last week. And yeah. we'll see, of course, pending any upcoming releases that are announced. And we've not heard any confirmation on anything yet. So, it, I mean, it's still very early, but. Yeah, we'll, sometimes we record these just so the news tomorrow will be. The yes, tomorrow. <laughs> release of something. Some big box set is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. We'll find out, but. Uh, In the meantime, uh, we'll keep you entertained with uh, lots of episodes and some fun ideas. So thanks as always for listening, and we'll be back at you soon with a new episode.